I choose to uh, be critical towards that history and to, yeah, to learn from it. In the first episode, you heard the story of Ronald McDonald, the man who traveled to the land of Japan when no one was able to enter it. This episode will tell the story of Lala and Lara, who won the Ronald McDonald Prize with their book. But first, what actually is the Ronald McDonald Prize about? And where did the foundation come from? Around 40 years ago, a few different people from all over the world found themselves stumbling upon the name of Ronald McDonald in books or they found his autobiography in their local library. They were amazed by his extraordinary but forgotten life. These individuals in America and Japan, but also in the Netherlands, found each other, and the Friends of McDonald Foundation was born. Their goal was, and still is, to learn more about him, and try to make his story better known, to keep the memory of Ronald McDonald alive. One of these people is Fred Dijs, the secretary of the Dutch Connection. In 2007, he read a footnote in a book about the hunting of whales. And in this footnote, there was this certain Ronald McDonald. And they referred to a biography by Frederick Schott. I bought a biography and then I said, this is my guy, Ronald McDonald, normal guy who did something very, very exceptional. He went around South America on a whaling ship and it took him years to come into Japan. To me, that's over my horizon, you know. Fred traveled around the world with one of his friends to follow the path of Ronald McDonald. And he met these other people who were also intrigued by his story. In Japan, there were always people waiting for us and this was fantastic. So you related to him in a way... Well, of course, it's a stranger to me. But his drive is uh, is really an inspiration for me. Yeah, yeah. Every year, the Dutch organization offers a prize to an artist. We choose a book, pictures, whatever, and we choose work which sheds a new light on the relation between Asia. Europe and North America. We call it a new window on the world. We give the award to work that is really turning stuff upside down. So we awarded uh, the journey of belonging by Lara Nuberg and Lala Bohang. It's their first book. Uh, it's a beautiful book, which is very important for us. It changes the, the way we look at the history uh, of Indonesia. And there's a very strong relation between the personal affairs of Lala and Lara. And, as I call it, the big world. On any page, there's personal things and big things, you know. And I love it. It's made by... A woman from Indonesia and a woman with Indonesian roots uh, who's living in the Netherlands. It's uh, really necessary that uh, people talk. 
And why is it important that they talk to each other? In the Netherlands, after 75 years of independence of Indonesia, there's uh, still a very, uh, let's say, strained relation to Indonesia. It's not possible to, uh, to have some sort of um, equilibrium in the relation between uh, the Republic Indonesia and the Kingdom of Holland. The Journey of Belonging is a collection of stories, illustrations and letters. In the book, Indo-Dutch historian and writer Lara Nuberg and Indonesian writer and artist Lala Bohang explore that big part of their history they are both connected to. They discuss how the colonialism in Indonesia has affected and still affects their lives. Lala and Lara first met when they were attending a workshop week in Jakarta, organized for Indo-Dutch and Indonesian writers and artists. This is Lala. The moment that we met the, the Indonesian and Indo-Dutch creators and artists in Jakarta, it's rarely happened, happen, right? It's a special moment. Yeah, I think it's the first time that it happened like this. And this is Lara. It's the first time since Indonesian independence, I think, that people of mixed descent who move to the Netherlands uh, work together with people in Indonesia. We are third generation after the Indonesian independence. So it's super controversial because Indo-Europeans in the Netherlands, yeah, I'm sorry to say, but a lot of older generations, they are quite racist and they don't feel connected to Indonesia. As a, as a sovereign country, because they say like, yeah, we are from the Dutch Indies, we are Indo-Dutch. So, of course, it's fine that Indonesia has their own country now, but it's not our country. We are not from there. We are from the Dutch Indies. And I'm constantly arguing with these kind of people like, okay, you're right. You were born in the Dutch Indies, but where do I get this, the color of my skin from or my hair color? It's from Indonesian people. So we have to find the connection again. And... I think we lost the connection. So I'm really happy that there's now a younger generation that is open to uh, make work together with Indonesian artists because, yeah, I think we can learn a lot from each other. I think we decided it quite quick, right, Lala, that we wanted to make a book? In their book, Lala and Lara also write about the history of their families. You can also read personal letters they wrote to each other. At first, we talk a lot about food, right, Lara? When we talk about the, the cross-culture in food, I just realized that the, the story, the, the history, is not only about the war and not only about uh, who died at the war, but it's about what's happening in our house, what's happening in the household. And the women also, you know, play an important part of the history, but it's rarely being talked about, maybe because it's, consider as less important when we are the younger generation we kind of see the world war ii and the independence it's already far away i mean we don't really feel like easily emotionally attached to the to the history but when you start from the personal history from your family then you will expose yourself to more broader context from the history from family i think that's the the magical thing about you know starting from your family because yeah it suddenly feels close and real and important and urgent
the chapters in the book, we decided about that in Jakarta. So that was already like the, the most difficult part was already discussed in real life. Then I went, of course, back to the Netherlands and then we started writing the first chapters. And then, of course, we had to reply on each other's letters. The letters, that's a reflection uh, of both of us on the background that we explained in the beginning. So how do we perceive this history? How do we talk about history? Um, so the letters really became the reflection of the book, I think. It's also a project that is meant to look at the future, like how do we want to see the world and how do we want to experience this history that's already 75 years behind us. But on the other hand, maybe it's also still part of our modern society. Our project is a project of the next generation. When Lala started asking her mom about her family history, she told her that the sister of her grandma went missing during the Permesta, which was a rebel movement in the 50s. You grew up with your grandma, right? And that's the story you, yeah. did, you didn't know about her life. They never told me about this. And I see the pictures of the younger sister of my grandmother in her bedroom on her bedside table, but she never talked about her. And then I just heard that, heard the, the, the information because of the book. That's the one thing that surprised me. I think in Indonesia, people struggle a lot, <laughs> you know, and have too much pain. And then the, the way to cope with the pain and the struggles sometimes are with not talking about it. You know, just like, yeah, this is a bad thing happened to us. Okay, we acknowledge the, the, the event, but to, to, you know, to cut less the pain, let's not talk about it. And how was it to ask your family about their history, Lara? Um, well, what Lala just said about the fact that people in Indonesia don't talk about their pain because it's maybe easier to just stay silent about it and then just like accept um, the way life goes and then just go on without uh, transferring knowledge uh, and pain to the next generation. I think that's uh, something that uh, we do in, in the Netherlands as well. I think the stories about the Second World War, for example, and the things that my grandmother told me about her childhood growing up in the Dutch Indies. She also only talked about the nice things because I think the painful things were just too painful to tell to your grandchildren. And then it's always easier indeed to just stay silent about it and talk about food or tell a nice story, like a funny story instead of um, a sad story. I knew my grandfather was a Jewish guy who grew up during the Second World War. And then the moment uh, the Germans left the Netherlands, he went to Indonesia to fight against Indonesian independence. And that's where he met my grandmother in Maidan, in Sumatra. And that's the story I I knew. I mean, th they, they told me this, but they never told me how they experienced that. And the first time when I went to Indonesia, I thought, wow, my grandma grew up here in Sumatra until she was 23. And then she suddenly had to leave the country and had to start all over again. And um, 
then I started questioning like, oh, why did she never tell me about that migration period? And why was she so sure of becoming a Dutch citizen instead of becoming an Indonesian citizen? I mean, she could have stayed there. She could have lived a life in the place where she was born, but under a different um, government. But she chose to, to stay Dutch and to come to the Netherlands. And I just wondered why. And we never talked about that. So I only knew like the big facts, but I, I never n knew their motivation or their reflection uh, on the decisions they made. And uh, yeah, since I couldn't ask them anymore, I just decided to uh, research those questions. And then I, of course, started to read more books and I wrote my master thesis about the experience of Dutch soldiers in the period 1945-1950 where the Dutch tried to uh, recolonize Indonesia. And then I started to understand the choices they made. Now I know why my grandmother chose to become Dutch or to stay Dutch. And I, I, I know why my f grandfather always thought that he did a good thing in Indonesia. But I can also say like, okay, I understand their experiences, but I want to learn from this history and I don't want to repeat uh, their choices based on, um, yeah, actually white supremacy. Like the Dutch thought that they had the right to rule over Indonesia. Well, I can understand that my grandfather thought like that, but I don't want to think like that, you know? So it's also a sort of mirror. Now that I know that history, I can choose like, okay, do I want to repeat their point of view or do I want to create my own point of view and say like, okay, now I can learn from history. Because uh, as long as things are not being discussed, you can also not reflect on them. And it also means you cannot learn from it then. I choose to uh, be critical towards that history and to, yeah, to learn from it. It's a process, you know, so we are in the middle of that process. And I think Lala and my book are part of that process. I really want this book to be published in Indonesia because I want people who, who read this book they will have also the curiosity to ask about their personal history and their family because I think that's important. And I think that's how the younger generation in Indonesia will become more aware about the history because it feels close to them. Yeah, I think that's my main attempt uh, uh, through this book. If you want to know more about the life of Ronald McDonald or the Friends of McDonald organization, you can visit the website friendsofmcdonald.com or visit the website of the Dutch Connection, friendsofmcdonald.nl. In the next episode, you will hear about Stacy Samidin, who received the Euverprijs for his life's photography work. Thank you for listening. <laughs>